Take the next step to brand dominance with an investment of only 10 minutes. Only 10 minutes. No matter where you are in the world or what you're doing, 10. this is your next step to a better business and a better brand. Your knowledge and experience is to make your brand the best it can be. It's the 10th Minute Multitask. And here he is, your friend, your host, and the guy you probably just swiped left on, Andrew Young. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the 10-Minute Multitask. We have a very, very special edition uh, of the 10-Minute Multitask today. Uh, it's actually our first, and I know it won't be our last, uh, but it's it's actually our first international, uh, if you'll call it, our first international uh, edition of the 10-Minute Multitask. And a uh, very, very special guest here uh, with me today. Uh, I'm sitting in the middle of Calgary, Canada, Alberta, rather, and uh, I'm sitting with Lisa Genovese, who is a marketing and branding expert. And uh, we're going to be very, very fortunate to, to hear from her experiences today, talking about her experiences, uh, helping, assisting, coordinating, uh, and really uh, inspiring uh, brands, companies, groups to use their, their brand, their clout, whatever you want to call it, to be impactful. Uh, I, I think that you know everybody's goal when they're starting their company, or, or you as your small business owner, or you as the uh, as the marketing coordinator, whoever you are listening to this podcast. Of course, uh, it's always the ultimate goal to to make a dollar, make two dollars, uh, and continuing making those dollars. Uh, and as you make the as you make that money, you uh, and as you grow your business, uh, one of the byproducts, uh, Lisa, and I hope you agree, is you have the opportunity to really make an impact. I mean, that's a large stage you have as you, as you grow a business. And I'm sure you work with, with companies all the time uh, that, that have uh, that stage. And, and your advice to them, which we'll talk about here, is how do you use that to make an impact? Uh, your, your, your thoughts or your experiences before we begin talking about, you know, I think you, you mentioned that you have six principles mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, your guidance to, to companies and brands on, on how they how they can use their, their club to, to make an impact. Absolutely. Um, so our team has done a tremendous amount of research into you know what um, these big brands have done to really create impact in the marketplace. And you know, often I have lots of companies come to me and say, Well, I don't have a budget the same size as Zappos or Blendtec. Uh, so, so what do I do and how do, how do I get there? And, and the reality is, is that there's actually a lot of common themes uh, that we see throughout these companies on why they've created impact. Um, and it's really those six principles that you were talking about. And I can certainly go through those. Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited. I know the listeners came to, to hear you know, some great content. And so uh, let's start the six principles, uh, the Lisa Genovese edition <laughs> on how you can... Uh, create impact with your brand. Principle number one, Lisa. Awesome. So the first one that we look at is remarkability. Um, And that really doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a remarkable product. Of course, that helps. But if you don't sell a product, um, you can also have remarkable services. So back to that Zappos example, uh, you know, they sell shoes. So there's nothing really that remarkable about selling shoes. But their customer service experience is second to none. They don't know anybody else really in the world that's achieving that. Um, And that's really what sets them apart in a remarkability factor is their amazing customer service. So what what is your guide then or your advice, and we can go through this, you know, quickly, uh, you know, if if I'm company A and I'm just, you know, I I have, I'm a shoe company, you know, I I don't sell a remarkable product, it's a pretty uh, wide selection available, Uh, what are some things I can do for self-reflection, self-analyzation, 
to find what either could be remarkable in our company or maybe what is, and that, you know, it's a blind spot in the moment. We just aren't aware. So I think that companies actually get caught up. We call it, I jokingly call it eating bark, but it's being too close to your own tree. So certainly asking your customers, uh, what do they love about your company? Why did they choose you over the competition? Often will give you a lot of key answers there. Um, but for us, when we're narrowing down um, remarkability and any of these brand principles for our clients, we're going through what we call an impact assessment. And part of that is actually a competitive analysis. And we build what we call a two-by-two, two, and it's like an axis where they would meet in the middle. And we look at your competition on what they're saying, how they're positioning themselves, what their pricing is. So it's basically looking at the four P's of marketing, your pricing, your product, your placement, your promotion. We place them on that two by two grid and then we look at, okay, where's the white space? Where can we skate you to? And often what they're not saying is what you should be saying and that will help you make. Often what they're not saying is what you should be saying. That's a great key point. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, document that for listeners. That's, that's incredible. That can be a whole separate podcast. <laughs> so we wanna make sure we, we move through these. We're already almost halfway through the show. Okay. Uh, number two, Lisa, uh, second principle. Uh, second principle is purpose. And so a lot of people think that that needs to be giving back to charity or feeding starving children in Africa. Although those are great things and there are a lot of people out there creating impact in that space, if that doesn't resonate with who you are and your company's brand, it doesn't necessarily mean that's that's what your purpose is. It's really understanding why you got into the business and what you're trying to achieve, what obstacles you are, you know, breaking down for your customers or your clients. And I love that. I think uh, it's, it's easy to focus on how you do something differently and what you do, but you're saying focus on why you do what you do, Absolutely. why you get out of bed every morning. Absolutely. Great. Third principle? Uh, value. Value. Interesting. Yeah. So it. it's really, the simple way to look at it is what do your customers or clients have after they have used your product or your service? So many people get caught up in their process and how they do it, but they aren't focusing on the benefit or the value of what comes after they've used the product or service. So we jokingly call it the drill. We actually have a slide in one of our slide decks that's a drill, drilling holes. And we talk about it's the holes and what goes into the holes and how those holes are making your client's life better, opposed to the drill creating the hole itself. Interesting. So think about how, how the benefit or what they have after the fact. Interesting, interesting. The the benefit or what they have after they've used your product. So you know, even you know, brands can be thinking, uh, maybe you have a company that it's uh, you sell a one time use product. But that I mean that's it's, it, this is the same uh, this, this principle aligns to them as well. Absolutely. They might use up their uh, mouthwash. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, how can they still have an experience with your brand after that product is used up and is gone? Are they instilled to, to go purchase more? Why? And what was their experience? Totally. Sure. Okay. What is your advice to, to companies who, or brands that are listening that you know, have a product that, that people essentially you know, use and, and control? Well, for the most part, um, you need to look at it from a how can I, not use that customer, but how can I upsell that customer to another product or service? How can I keep them within my funnel so that they're not just using that product and then you know being done with your company? So even if it means that they're referring to somebody else that may need your product or service, that's in a sense still keeping them within your funnel. So really looking at that long-term goal or the long-term customer journey, um, 
often you may not make your margin actually on that main product sale. It might actually be down the road further into the customer journey. Right, interesting. I'm very excited to talk about this next one, uh, Lisa. Uh, we talk about uh, millennials a lot. We know that they're a very, very powerful consumer, and we know that in, in terms of their spending power, they're becoming more powerful every year. Uh, and we know that through research, this next one you're going to talk about is, is very, very powerful. So give us, uh, Lisa Genovese, uh, six principles to, to brand impact number four. Okay, so brand attachment is the next one that we look at, and I would say out of all the brand principles, this one is the most interesting. Mm -hmm. Brand attachment in studies is the only metric that matches up with revenue when you look at a, a graph or a chart. It's the only metric that actually corresponds with revenue. Um, a lot of people have the misconception they think that brand loyalty um, does, but it, in, in truth it actually does So tell doesn't. us, you know, tell us the difference because in my notes I just wrote down brand attachment slash brand loyalty. You know, I, I'm under the understanding that they're, they're similar. How, how are they different, Lisa? They're different in what goes into brand, brand attachment. So loyalty, you know, you're loyal to a brand. It's something you may use every day or something that you support. Um, but brand attachment, there's three components that goes into it. Affection, uh, passion, and connection. Affection, compassion. Uh, and I apologize, I missed up the order, but affection, connection, and passion are the three that we look at. Um, that would build brand attachment. And so affection is, you know, things that you do to surprise and delight your customers. What, you know, simple things do you do that keeps them engaged with your brand? What makes them like your brand? So although this plays a lot into the value you're bringing to them, you know, your purpose, a lot of times they're buying into your purpose. Uh, what makes you remarkable? Those are all key components of it. But it's really looking at how can you create that affection piece the connection is, is how can they see themselves identifying with your brand? How can they connect with it? And then the passion is really being passionate about sharing that brand. Um, and so if you use an example like Apple, you would probably argue that Apple encompasses those three things right. in their brand. Right. Um, and so how that's different with loyalty is it's just loyalty is often with many agencies. They're using a general scorecard that's really, you know, how often do you use product X? How right. much do you like or are loyal to product X? How often will you refer product X? But you're getting really canned answers there when you're doing your research in that right. way. So brand attachment has a lot of other facets, and I could do an entire podcast just on that. So it sounds like but. we need to fly back up to Calgary soon to visit with Lisa because <laughs> uh, you know we've hit our ten minutes, and I already want to visit with you with you for another couple hours. Uh, we're only four, uh, you know, in, you know, four into the six principles. So what we're going to do is we're going to end today. Okay. Uh, we are going to uh, put all of Lisa's materials on our site on this uh, on this podcast. Uh, so people can go to our folks, you can go to Team Abovo, T-E-A-M-A-B-O-V-O, teamabovo.com. Uh, you can see more from Lisa, you can hear more from us, and you can get uh, the remaining two principles. We'll leave them a secret for now uh, to, to make people uh, you know, inspired to come see us and to come learn more. Uh, but thank you so much, Lisa, for being with us. Thanks for having us. Uh, you know, we, appreciate, we appreciate your insight. Thank you so much for having me. It's great.